You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. This is Tom Selig. I'm a senior vice president of a bank. I used to be a lawyer. I like to make connections, and sometimes amazing things happen. That's what this podcast is about, when the magic happens. On today's episode, I have Jeff Fruin here. Jeff is the city manager of Iowa City. I've got to know Jeff and his family through some volunteer efforts. I know he's a, a Cub fan and has done a great job as the uh, manager of Iowa City for the past five years. Don't want to just be a, a, a community that uh, is just your average subdivisions, and we want uh, exciting trails and parks, recreational amenities. We, we want a very strong arts and culture scene. We want independent businesses to thrive. And that all takes um, uh, a concerted effort. That just doesn't happen. Um, and so we've got to make sure we're growing in that, in that way because that's going to that's gonna continue to keep that ball going um, long after we're here. So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode of Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank, a community bank since 1893, providing full-service banking and trust services to businesses and consumers, nationally recognized by Raymond James as a top-performing community bank, prioritizing community, responsive to local needs. West Bank, member FDIC. Well, welcome. Today, my uh, new best friend guest in my podcast is Jeff Fruin. He's city manager of Iowa City. And Jeff and I have got to know each other over the years. Uh, I want to talk about who he is and what's going on with the city of Iowa City. So, Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Tom. Good to be here. I did a little research, and I see you've been here now five years. I always see you as a new city manager, but I guess you're getting older. Yeah, can't, can't avoid that. I did uh, take the helm in 2016, uh, actually moved to Iowa City in 2011. Uh, so I was the assistant city manager for about five years leading up to that appointment. Now, where, where did you grow up? Bloomington Normal, Illinois, kind of smack in the middle of Illinois, about uh, halfway between St. Louis and Chicago. Yeah, but you came to Iowa for college, is that right? Yeah, I came, uh, came in college. My older brother uh, uh, made the leap uh, to Iowa. We really have no Iowa ties at the time. Uh, but came up here when he was in college and just really enjoyed it and knew that's where I wanted to be. And you met your future wife here? Iowa City native. Uh, met her working at the Iowa Memorial Union together. <laughs> well, great. <laughs> so, yes. Wonderful. Uh, briefly on your family, I know you have, I think you have three children? Three children. So what's the rundown there? Yep, I have a uh, 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 6-year-old, all at Lemmy Elementary School in Iowa City. Okay, now I met the girls way back when we did that volunteer work at Alexander's school. There were two girls when I th- the n- that you guys were volunteering. Do you have a, are, yep. they, are they the older they're, ones? They're the older ones, uh, two, two older girls and a uh, young boy, six years old, Paxton. Oh, great. Well, good. Well, let's talk about the city of Iowa City. Um, I guess the first question you always have at this time is the past year or so dealing with the virus and COVID-19 sort of, um, how did that all go for you and the city? Well, there's there's no doubt this past year was the most challenging year of my career. Um, not only did you have COVID, but you had a derecho, you had uh, uh, this, the focus on social justice, um, mm-hmm. uh, all very complex issues that uh, really, really tested us uh, in Iowa City. But I'm proud of the way that we responded, uh, both as uh, uh, elected officials and as staff. And, and I think the, the major takeaway there is um, how we gained strength through cooperation with others. We were not on an island. We got to work with a lot of other municipalities, uh, counties, uh, uh, health experts uh, throughout 
Johnson County, and that really um, helped us push through uh, this past year. Well, great. Well, congratulations. I know it was a, a challenge here with the George Floyd situation and the, P- the protests and stuff. So, well, tell us where we are now. I guess that um, you're back to sort of normal, right? The, your offices are open. The library is open. Everybody's open. Is that right? Yeah, we're, we're uh, I would say, 90, uh, 95% open at the city. We still have a few services that, uh, that, that haven't quite been opened or hours of operations that aren't quite fully extended to where they were pre-pandemic. But uh, we're pretty much there, and uh, it certainly seems uh, like this summer has been a return to normal. We'll see if that uh, if that sticks around, uh, but uh, uh, it's been a good summer so far. All right, and with the Delta variants, I guess the issue there is, are we okay or not? So we'll know in about 30 days, right? Yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. you know it's a scary thing, but uh, we've uh, we've been on this roller coaster throughout the past year, and uh, I know that we can we can adapt as the public health guidance adapts. So. If uh, things uh, spiral uh, a little downward, uh, we'll be able to um, we'll be able to push through. Oh, great! Well, congratulations. I know you mentioned once mentioned to me that Bruce Teague, the mayor, has been very helpful and supportive, and you know, provided real leadership for the whole situation. Yeah, he's he's been tremendous, and boy, what a what a a, a tough deal he had coming in as mayor, you know, in January of 2020, and and facing all that 2020 had to bring as a as a new mayor. Uh, but I, I admire him uh, so much. Uh, he is such a positive force, and I, I can't emphasize that enough. Just his eternal optimism really helped us push through some some really dark and challenging times. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's talk about what's going on as far as capital improvements. I drive around the city, and things are going on. I mentioned to you a minute ago about Scott Boulevard and Laura Muscatine, the project out there. So what are your major capital improvements projects right now? Yeah, well, that's the big one. We kind of have two projects <coughs> working on that east side um, simultaneously right now. So American Legion Road at, at Scott Boulevard, there's a roundabout being installed. And then uh, improvements are, uh, all the way over to Taft, uh, so past the new Hoover Elementary School. At the same time, we have a trunk sewer coming up through um, uh, the property around that school too, which is really going to open that area for development in the future. So that's uh, definitely some infrastructure being brought out in that direction to support the growth that we've had over the last decade, but also to set the table for more growth over the next decade. Um, and then we've got a, a kind of a smattering of, of projects throughout the city. We continue to be pretty aggressive with our park improvements and trail improvements. Um, I believe in the last five years we've upgraded about um, 40 or so of our of our parks uh, so it's been a real hustle to, to uh, make up some ground on some deferred maintenance and really improve our, our parks and recreation opportunities and then we're always uh, always doing a lot of underground work so uh, throughout the city uh, you may notice water sewer or road projects uh, occurring and uh, it's pretty exciting um, and certainly thankful that we have the resources as a growing community to to reinvest uh, and ensure that we're 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 well situated for for uh, the growth that we know is coming well plus i know you're proud of your financial status right the city has a very high bond rating what's what's the story in that either triple a or whatever it's called yeah triple a bond rating which <coughs> is uh you know just a reflection of how the outside world looks at our uh at our finances uh they see us as very stable uh and uh certainly 
uh, helps us um, focus more of our dollars on actual improvements and and not as much so on interest and carrying costs uh, associated with those bonds. So uh, we've had that AAA rating for quite some time. I believe we're one of uh, three now cities in Iowa that have that AAA rating. And that just allows us to be a lot more aggressive and, and again, uh, put more of those taxpayer dollars towards actual improvements and less towards uh, the interest to finance those. Great. Well, a couple of questions about where th- things are going on. Well, first is the downtown. Uh, I know th- there's that large project being built on the Ped Mall. Uh, is that... Uh can you tell us about that project? Yeah, where is that's, that where it's going? That's really, uh, it's really exciting. <coughs> so that's the block of college between the Graduate Hotel and the Wells Fargo building on Clinton. Um, pretty much everything in between those two buildings is, is being rehabbed. It's a historic rehab. And then behind those buildings, there'll be an 11-story uh, residential uh, project uh, built there. So it's about a 50 to $60 million dollar uh, reinvestment will really liven the downtown. We had some dead spaces there, long-term vacancies that, uh, that that we couldn't get filled, and this project will take care of that. Um, but but will bring a lot of life to the to, to the to the Ped Mall, and it's uh, just really exciting to pull that off. We're going to have Riverside Theater take home in the upper floors nice. of that project, and that's um, really exciting to to continue to invest in the arts. And that's been one of our um, primary focuses over the last decade is really focus on the arts and and let the arts and culture bring people downtown to support the other businesses and this is just one more step in that process and the ped mall project is all done now right the, it's all re- yep, re- the, rehab, uh, rehab is all done we have one final component that we'll tackle next spring which is the replacement of the beloved playground down there <laughs> right um, it's not going away uh, we just have some uh, a, a new set of play features to bring in as that one is nearing about 20 plus years old and, and showing signs of wear. So you'll see one more round of improvements next spring and then we'll be good to go there. Hey, what's the timetable for the completion of the, of the big building there? Is that a year from now? Yeah, or? they're probably looking at about a year. Uh, they're, they're making great headway on the historic rehab of the existing buildings, um, but they've got, uh, uh, they've got a ways to go before they're even coming out of the ground on the 11-story building right now. Okay. Well, I hear a lot of things in the paper. We hear about the South District and the improvements you're making there and things going on. Can you give us some background on what's happening over there? Yeah, a lot of exciting things happening in the South District, and it's always easier when you have a really engaged neighborhood that can give you that feedback, and and thankfully we have that with the South District. So uh, they've really pushed us to um, invest more uh, in that part of town. And uh, over the last decade, I think we've we've made some critical investments. Uh, T- Terry Trueblood uh, Recreation Area is certainly an anchor there, uh, but we've invested heavily in Fair Meadows and Weatherby Park. Um, really excited. Uh, we're we're beginning uh, to strengthen some housing initiatives that we have down there. So just past week, we closed on. Uh, eight duplexes in the South District. The city purchased eight rental duplexes, and uh, we are going to rehab those and sell them for home ownership uh, to the people that are already living in that neighborhood. And we've done a couple of those projects as kind of pilots in the last few years. They've been tremendously successful. It's kind of, if you're familiar with our university program mm-hmm. in the uh, in and around the downtown area, it's basically a reincarnation of that program in a different neighborhood. And so we're very excited to be investing in some in some housing down there. A lot of discussions about uh, the future of Pepperwood Plaza and how uh, we can work together with the neighborhood to reinvigorate the business district there too. At one point there was this discussion which has occurred, I think, <coughs> the downtown sort being expanded south towards Big Grove and you did the park down there. That's all 
gone as planned, right? Overall, things have developed. Yeah, boy, Riverfront Crossings is that area south of downtown, uh, and uh, it, it has been a tremendous uh, area of growth for the city. We've seen a lot of investment uh, there, both from a residential uh, and business and office standpoint. Um, really don't see it as an, uh, the same type of development that we have downtown. We want it to be complementary and not necessarily competing with that downtown, so don't necessarily see it as a business district with a high concentration of retail um, but there will uh, be opportunities for pockets of of kind of neighborhood based retail down there and we, we see some of that already um, but continued interest in growth down there certainly the park and big grove and and the residential project around uh, big grove uh, has helped spur a lot of redevelopment in that area so we kind of have it coming from from the north right. uh, for, from the downtown working to the south and then from south where the big grove uh, brewery is and pushing up north and uh, a lot of good synergies happening in the riverfront crossings right now well give me a little few facts and figures you spoke for me a couple of years ago uh, a couple of events at big grove about <clears throat> what's happening in the city as far as single family housing starts and taxable assessments uh, uh, population growth. To give us some background on how that's been happening, occurring in the last 10 years. Yeah, I always try to keep my uh, thumb on the uh, statistics of uh, in our growth statistics, and and so I'll throw a few out there. And let's start with start with population. Uh, in between 2010 and 2019, Johnson County as a whole added about 20,000 residents. That's the U.S. Census estimates. Um, that's about a 15.5% growth rate compared to the state growth rate of about 3.5%. So Johnson County as a whole is growing quite a bit, only, only behind uh, Dallas and Polk counties at this time. Um, so I often get asked, what's, what's driving that growth? Who are, who are all these folks that are moving uh, here into Johnson County? And uh, over that same time period, we've added about 9,000 jobs in Johnson County. So uh, about a 12% growth rate on jobs added. Um, so we are growing, uh, our employers are adding positions, and you're seeing that reflected in the population growth. Now, if you get down to the micro level on, on just Iowa City, we've grown an estimated about, uh, about 7,000 uh, during that 10-year uh, period, again, from 2010 to 2019. 7,000 is quite a bit. We often don't, uh, you know, we're not in the conversation always when the statistics come out because 7,000 as a, as a percent of 70 isn't uh, that great. And, and you can compare that to, to Tiffin and North Liberty and Corvo where they have that uh, much higher percentage growth. But, but indeed, no other city in, in Johnson County has added more people than Iowa City. And, and 7,000 people, to put that in perspective, is about the equivalent of Tiffin and Solon combined. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are two thriving communities. And if you think that's what we've added in, in nine years, that's a tremendous amount of growth uh, here in Iowa City. And that's certainly a lot of stress on, on the city when it comes to services. Um, but it's also exciting. You know, we've got, uh, we, we've got to grow and continue to meet the needs of, of uh, a community that is uh, on an upward trajectory. Well, that's, that's impressive. And uh, single-family home growth is strong too, right? Lots of housing starts. Yeah, so, you know, over the past decade or so, we average about a, a 130 new homes per year. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty incredible clip. I think we peaked at about 170 or 180 uh, during that time frame. Uh, but that average of about 130 has stayed pretty, pretty consistent. 
Um, and at the same time, we've averaged about 330 new multifamily units per year. Uh, so it's not just single family growth. We've seen a lot of multifamily growth. And it's important to keep in mind that uh, the student enrollment really hasn't changed much at that time. So um, it's not just new student housing. Uh, some of it is certainly new student housing, but we're, we're uh, seeing multifamily growth that uh, should help um, all of our demographics. Well, that's, that's impressive. I always tell people about where we are today versus a year or two ago. And, and the world should, should have ended. You know, we had the, the virus hit and yeah, the university shut down and uh, everything couldn't have been worse. And uh, here we are, uh, have survived it very well. And then <clears throat> we have a new president of the university. And I know she's taken over and that's exciting. And uh, I don't know, it's, uh, it's hard not to be optimistic. Yeah. You know, last year was uh, w- was tough on us. Um, other than the single family um, growth, we really didn't have a whole lot of growth. We didn't see much multifamily, didn't see much commercial, industrial. Uh, single family was about the only thing occurring. And we had our lowest value of permits approved uh, uh, that we've had in, in over a decade. Um, the good news is, is already into 2021, we've exceeded where we where we ended in, in 2020. So we are definitely seeing that rebound. We're seeing more commercial. We're seeing some multifamily again. Uh, so there's definitely reason for optimism. Uh, we're excited that uh, President Wilson is here. Had a chance to to, to meet her recently, and and she's bringing a, a lot of energy to the position. Uh, a lot of optimism, and uh, and I think uh, welcoming the students back and. Uh, seeing Hancher open, uh, opening Kinnick and, and all these facilities and, and uh, opportunities, is, it's just going to be a tremendous boost for Johnson County. No, it's, uh, it's exciting. I tell people it's, uh, the future is, is very bright. Well, let's talk a little about, um, again, your personal situation. Uh, do you have any hobbies besides working? And, of course, you've got three children, but uh, what do you do in your spare time? Yeah, chasing chasing kids around takes a lot of that time. I've had the opportunity to to coach uh, some of their their uh, endeavors. So uh, I've dipped uh, I've dipped the toes in the water of little league basketball and t-ball coaching, <laughs> which is just a ton of fun. I never thought I'd enjoy that as much as I have. Uh, for me personally, um, I've taken up running, and uh, I'm currently training for. Uh, a marathon, which is uh, exciting. So that's uh, uh, that's keeping me busy in my in my spare time as well. Wow, I've never ran a marathon. I know people are crazy to do that, but I do admire that people have done it. It's uh, I know people who've done it have actually enjoyed it, which I think is strange personally. <laughs> I would have agreed with you before I started, but what I've found is. Uh, you know, that, that time out kind of pounding the pavement is a good stress relief and also just an opportunity to let your mind go where it needs to. And, and you know, sometimes I can reflect on things at work or at home. Um, but regardless, it's it's kind of therapeutic, as torturing as it might also be at the same time. <laughs> All right. Well, tell me about uh, movies or books. Are you, do you watch any movies or anything in this pandemic or... or uh are you a book reader? Well, I've uh, I've seen a lot of kids' movies, uh, so it's 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 <laughs> right. definitely been a shift uh, as as my kids have grown up. I think I've seen every Disney movie about uh, twenty times, and thankfully we're kind of emerging out of that uh, uh, that era. Um, uh, for for books, I, I have picked up uh, a, a, a kind of audio books um, as I as I run. Occasionally, I'll, I'll listen. I'm, I'm going through uh, the story Unbroken uh, right now, mm-hmm. which is a, a tremendous, uh, tremendous story. But but like to get into history, so uh, have uh, 
been uh, reading and, and listening to a lot of books uh, lately on uh, Theodore Roosevelt, on Winston Churchill, uh, kind of uh, that era of our history, which sure. I find completely fascinating. Yeah. Well, tell me about vacations, or generally, what what do you uh, what do you do with the family when you decide like, if if you travel? Yeah, we recently went out to uh, South Dakota, visited the Black Hills and and Badlands area, which I had never been to, and uh, boy, I loved it out there. What mm-hmm. what beautiful country! Not not easy to get to. It's a bit of a bit of a drive to get out there, but. Uh, uh, once you do, you just kind of fall in love with the place. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I really, really enjoyed being out there. Um, did not find it to be over commercialized, uh, which, um, you know, can sometimes happen to those areas. And so, uh, would definitely, uh, recommend that. And then, um, you know, we try to just find a new place every time we've got one of those uh, you know scratch off maps for the kids where where have you visited in the united (laughs) states and and so every year we try to pick out another area of the country to to go visit well good well looking forward to the next let's say three to five years what what do you see happening in both iowa city and johnson county the the growth here is continuing Uh, one of my friends mentioned one day that uh he thought johnson county was growing faster than lynn county now not that's a big deal but uh, it seems like things are, I told some of the day that you can't stop the growth anymore. People want to live here for lots of reasons. Quality of life is one, healthcare, you know, you know, the whole story. So yeah, what do you see ahead in three or well, five years? Well, we have grown faster than Lynn County. We've added more, uh, more individuals and more jobs in Lynn County in the past decade. Um, now Lynn County is still growing really right. well. And that's, that's great news for us too. It's not a competition, but uh, right. I, I firmly believe that, uh, we benefit from their growth, and they they benefit from our growth. So it's nice to see, throughout the corridor, that that growth happening. Um, I think we're going to continue to see that. I think we're we're seeing significant investments in the healthcare industry, which is going to drive uh, jobs. We've we've seen um, a kind of a turnaround from Procter and Gamble, uh, and and our industrial sector has has really seen some great investments over the last couple of years. So I think that that part of our economy is going to continue to grow. And I think it's our responsibility as, as city and county leaders now to, to make sure we're growing in a, in a very um, smart way, right? To, to, to make sure that uh, uh, the ways in which we're growing will, will set up uh, future leaders for success too. Uh, not all growth is good growth. Uh, you, can, you can grow in ways that can be detrimental uh, to you in the future, whether it's uh, you know, um, setting yourself up for um, infrastructure costs that you might not be able to afford in the future. So really just thinking um, about how we want to grow, um, where we want to grow, and making sure that we're also investing in those quality of life amenities too. We don't want to just be a, a, a community that uh, is is just your average um, subdivisions, and we want uh, exciting trails and parks, recreational amenities. We, we want a very strong arts and culture scene. We want independent businesses to thrive. And that all takes um, uh, a concerted effort. That just doesn't happen. Um, and so we've got to make sure we're growing in that, in that way because that's going to that's gonna continue to keep that ball going um, long after we're here. Yeah, well, I agree. It's, uh, <clears throat> as you, I've told you before, I'm sort of a lifelong resident. So I, I was born here, grew up here, lived in Iowa City for my entire life. I live, I live on the same street where I grew up. It's sort of weird, but, uh, you know, it's just, amazing. It's just yeah. who we are. You know, it's just yeah. a special place. And I think just the, I think about the diversity, too. It's just, it's a welcoming community. I mean, it's just everybody, it's, it's interesting to observe it, you know. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and with regards to diversity, if you look, if you kind of drill down into our population growth, much of our growth is international growth. Um, we have seen a great influx of uh, people moving in from uh, not only outside of Iowa, but outside of uh, outside of our country. And, and that is exciting. Uh, that provides new opportunities for us. Um, but it also is challenging for us. We have to we have to make sure that we're adapting our services um, uh, to accommodate uh, our newest residents. And and uh, I think we've done a, a good job at that. We've got a little bit uh, more work to do. But uh, there's there's tremendous value in seeing um, the Johnson County area diversify as much as it has in the past ten years. Let me go back just for a second and tell us the Procter and Gamble story. What I know from reading the paper is there long-standing business, great operation, and someone decides in Cincinnati they're going to close down and move to, I think, West Virginia. So they go through that phase, I guess, and they came back with even better. Is that, is that that's the story, basically? Yeah. You know, it's um, they, they weren't going to close. I don't think the intention was to ever close, but certainly a significant part of their product line that was made here was going to transfer out to West Virginia. Um, and, uh, you know, we were really worried about what the future would be. Um, at one time, we thought that about 90% of the operations were going to move out. And we didn't like the prospects of, of knowing that a plant would be operating at 10, 10% capacity because, you know, that's not going to last forever. That's just not a very efficient uh, type of setting. So we were really nervous about that. Um, but a couple things have happened. One, um, they uh, began... Uh, manufacturing the power toothbrushes here in a separate facility. So that's on the old Menards building on the highway. Sure. Um, and that uh, has been one of their best-selling products over the last few years, the electronic toothbrush. And uh, they've expanded product lines there. They've expanded employment there. So at the same time, the beauty care side was seeing some of those products go off to West Virginia the power toothbrush um, line was growing and adding. So there was a little bit of an offset there. And then I think what they found is that, uh, you know, Iowa City still was a, a, a tremendously um, capable, efficient operation. And they continued to make the beauty care stuff here that they thought would transfer out or they, they brought in new lines. So we've got some great plant leadership out there. Uh, and I think they, they really value the work um, uh, ethic that uh, the Iowans bring to the, to the plant. And we have not seen the drop in the beauty care side that we thought. So right. they're, they're bringing in new lines. They're, they're keeping old lines there. Um, I know there's discussions about uh, other product lines they may bring in here. And, of course, that's not just good for Procter & Gamble and those employees, but there are so many support industries around Procter & Gamble, right. whether it's bottling or labeling or the, all those types of things. Um, those are happening in and around Procter & Gamble and also contributing uh, greatly to our economy. So Procter & Gamble is kind of that heartbeat of the industrial area, and, and knowing now that um, they're once again reinvesting in their facilities and, and, and in their production lines is really encouraging for us. Oh, it's, it's impressive, and, you're, and I know that you and the city and ICAT, everybody's worked hard to you know, keep them around, and it's um, they're a huge asset to the community. So, yeah, congratulations. Well, yeah, thankfully, you know, the, on the on the plant side here, we've got a couple of great champions internally. The the Procter and Gamble leadership are are um, you know our biggest kind of cheerleaders when it comes to convincing Cincinnati and and other mm -hmm. decision makers to to continue invest here. So, um, just really fortunate to have the leaders that we have here in place. 
Well, good. Well, congratulations. Uh, anything else you want to share with our audience about what's going on or the future? Or well, just uh, you know, just there's a, a great sense of optimism, uh, and uh, we're going to continue to uh, to invest in our community, continue to set ourselves up for growth, and continue to work on a, a lot of the challenges that uh, that we face. You know, we we uh, uh, understand that we've got work to do when it comes to. Uh, are building a, a better transportation network uh, to addressing some of the racial inequities uh, that that have been uh, discussed and and brought to light over the past year. We've got we've got a lot of work to do, but uh, we also have a committed group of elected officials and staff that are all on board. And um, I'm just super excited and and feel lucky every day to be in the position I'm in to be a part of that. So more good things to come. Well, thanks. Uh, my guest today has been Jeff Fruin. I tell people, why does the corridor grow? And one of the reasons we have great city managers. I mean that sincerely. It's a, it's a huge asset. So, Jeff, thanks for sharing your story. Keep up the great work, and I'll be anxious to hear more about the marathon in the future weeks ahead. <laughs> Sounds good, Tom. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank. This Corridor Business Journal podcast is produced by Joe Coffey of Coffee Grande Studios. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CB Journal.